Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you are enjoying a nice cold beer with your best good buddy. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies. You hear him slurping up his dinner over there. He just walked in <laughs> and he's very hungry. So please excuse him. You know him. You love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home, bud. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know her. You love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. I see her in two weeks. It's Miss Lindley King. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. Lindley, I'm so excited to get a chance to see you. I know, I'm so excited. It's like an annual, it's like an annual tradition, right? Yeah. We get to, get to hang out with you and all your children. Yeah, so they can all be like, <laughs> like, who's that serious woman with um with Mr. Sally? They, I, I know they don't actually sound like that, and they're who's probably going to get on me. Good-looking stranger. Oh my gosh! Oh. What's a what's a girl like her hanging out with a guy like that? Ah, see, yeah, because we're in New York City, yeah. <laughs> what did this become a gangster flick? Um, I was thinking more of a detective flick, but we're definitely gonna get into that very very shortly. Um, <laughs> Folks, we have a very exciting show for you here tonight. Um, so first off, in today's episode, we've got some Netflix picks, baby. We've got some things that we've been watching. Uh, matter of fact, I was in the m- middle of watching one of our Netflix picks, but fortunately, Lindley is here to tell me if I should keep watching or just stop while I'm ahead. Uh, yeah. Lindley's favorite cinematic universe, The Dark Universe. Is being Ugh. rebooted by Bloomhouse or Blumhouse. I can never, I can never know. I never know what how to pronounce their name. Um, you guys will correct me, I'm sure. And of course, for a main event, it's it's weird. It's weird because I mean we're we're still calling it Go Home DC. You're drunk, but this may be a moment of, of sobriety for them. But. We'll see. We'll see. The we'll jury's still out. I mean, come on. I mean, they could relapse at any moment. Um, guys, uh, I think we got a great show. Audience, if you listen to this entire episode or you get to maybe half the episode and you're like, man, I really, really, really enjoy what those popcorn prattle peeps are laying down. Here's what you got to do. Go on to iTunes. Go on to uh, uh, your Amazon ECHO so I don't trigger mine uh, to start talking. Um, go on to Stitcher. Go on to iTunes. Go on to Spotify. Go on Google Play. Go everywhere that you can consume a podcast. Like, subscribe. Leave a comment, um, especially if you're on iTunes. Give us three stars, four stars, ten stars. I know it doesn't go all the way that high, but guess what? Every little bit helps to let everybody know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the film talk podcast to listen to. And hey, guess what? You don't want to miss the next episode, which, guys, it's our Butter Bowl. Yay. It is the best. It is the best award show of all time. Oscars, who? It's all about the Butter Bowl. 
Um, if you want to hear the nominations, uh, I believe it was two episodes ago. Um, mm-hmm. You can check out the uh, you can check out the nominations. Uh, hear how hilarious they are. They're not your typical nominations. Um, and of course, we are going to put on our tuxes. Lindley will be wearing her finest, um, and we will walk down the red carpet as we uh, present the Butter Bowl. And Lindley doesn't know this. I'm kind of putting her on the spot right now. Lindley, I think that next episode would be a great opportunity since it's right before March. And of course, that's March Madness time. I believe next episode might be the episode that you finally, after a year, a whole year has passed, guys. After a year, Lindley will finally reveal what our bracket, our tournament shall be. Um, yeah. it's going to be a bit, a wee bit bigger. We're going to work out the logistics. Um, we're hoping they make it a little bit bigger for you guys. So it's like a true March madness thing. Um, and so Lindley doesn't have to face herself at the end. Um, so it'll be very, it'll Y'all be very exciting. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Creed 2. Creed 2 got pretty far. I was pretty impressed. But we'll see. We'll definitely, we'll definitely see. We'll, it depends on what you, uh, what category you give us. Can we get a hint? I have an idea. No, I, but I have an idea. I want to hear what you think it's going to be. I, well, okay. I, I've kind of ruled out over the year. I've kind of ruled out Disney. Yeah, because Beauty and the Beast won the bracket last year. True, true. So, yeah, Disney is out. I will say Disney is out because that's almost too easy. I'm going to say older movies because that will give Stephen a fair fight. <laughs> Because I feel like Steven, I feel like Steven's choices were very old. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards favorite remake. <gasps> ooh, that's a good ooh. one. Ooh, ooh, we know. Ooh, all, all great ideas. We know what Steven's uh, gonna choose next year if he if he wins this year. <laughs> that's right. Favorite movie starring possums. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can literally hear Dave groaning over the internet. <laughs> hey, hey Dave. Dave. Oh my gosh. Well guys, it sounds like next episode is going to be very exciting as well, but hey, let's talk about this episode. Steven, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. Guys, ready. let's prattle. Um so first off, before we get into the whole detective business, um It is Black History Month, and if we recall, a year ago, not a year ago today, but a year ago, uh, Black Panther came into the world, um, or at least the film world, and it it broke so many box office records. We Mm -hmm. talked about it for months. It got a Grammy, I believe, um, or at least one of the songs got a Grammy. I know one of the songs is nominated for an Oscar. The movie itself is nominated for an Oscar, for crying out loud. Big deal. Yeah. Huge deal. Um, I, you know, and guys, and I think I told you all, um, I, we got an email uh, shortly after, like, the month of Black Panther talk. Um, and it was, the guy asked me, he was like, you know, Black Panther's not that great of a movie. Like, there's, there's definitely flaws in it. Why are you so hyped on Black Panther? And the only thing I can say, you know, for those who maybe, who might wonder, like, why Black Panther, you know, may or may not deserve a a nomination for Best Picture. I, I think you, we have to look at, like, what it did. 
more mm-hmm. so than what the movie is. Is is Black Panther the best superhero movie of all time? I, I honestly don't think so. I mean, you we had Infinity yeah. War, we had uh, Spider Man to the Spider Verse. Those edged out Black Panther for me. Um, but again, um, and then I'll leave it at that. But then I, when I watched the movie screen and I saw everybody on screen look like me, um, mm-hmm. that that was amazing. And I could only imagine what that felt for other young black boys and black girls to to look up on the screen and say, oh, my gosh, like I can I can be a superhero. I can go to a, you know, being nerdy is is fun being nerdy is is cool it's not just for white people we can have that too so hopefully that hopefully it did open up doors and and i and i think it i think it did with you know several movies that are coming out now and you know hollywood realizing like oh so you know we can put a black guy in there and people will like it or we can put some badass females on screen and people will enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. yeah hollywood we we've been saying that for years, but yeah, you know it's it's whatever, you know, better late than never, I, I guess. Always like to listen to us, <laughs> right? So, um, oh, but oh, the the biggest thing, the biggest thing um, about Black Panther being released a year ago, uh, it's back in theaters. But for how much? For the very low cost of zero dollars. What a steal! That's crazy. That's that's amazing that they earn so much money that they're like, we can offer Black Panther for free. And just be like, just watch this movie and you be the judge for yourself whether or not we deserve an Oscar. I have my thoughts. I, I have thoughts on whether or not it will win. But I'm going to save it for our Butterbowl show. <gasps> Yeah, plug, 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 plug. plug. <laughs> um, did you guys have any any thoughts on on Black Panther before we move on? I mean, I kind of feel the same way you do, Marcus. Like, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does have flaws. I mean, there's a reason it wasn't nominated for best visuals. Right. There's a reason for that. Um. But again, I think it's nominated because of just what the movie means mm-hmm. and the impact it has had. It's not going to win. Let's be real. It's not going to win Best Picture. Oh, no. It's a miracle it's even nominated. I mean, back in the day, The Dark Knight wasn't even nominated for mm-hmm. Best Picture. And it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's a step... That it shows that Hollywood is taking these kind of movies more seriously. Back in the day, this would have never happened. No. I mean, superhero movies were reserved for the best visuals or sound editing. That's That was their lane and they stuck to it. But now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a bra- brave new world. Yeah. Brave new world. Steven, anything to add? No, no. I think y'all pretty much said exactly what I was going to say. So, well, guys, um, and you got and 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 I don't know who put it in the in the group chat. So you're gonna have to help me out. So, Detective Frankenstein. <laughs> that was me. That was that was me. Okay. Um, let me 
let me pull this up. All right. Because I share I shared it on my Facebook. Apparently we're getting a new Frankenstein TV show on CBS. But here's the plot synopsis. Okay. According to Entertainment Weekly, this is what I'm reading from. This latest and very loose adaptation of Mary Shelley's classic novel follows a San Francisco homicide detective who is mysteriously brought back to life after being killed in the line of duty. But as he resumes his old life and he and his wife realize he isn't the same person he used to be, they zero in on the strange man behind his resurrection, Dr. Victor Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. This sounds like garbage. Hot garbage. I hate every single thing about this. One, we do not need another police procedural. No. We, we, we have so many. So many. And why does this have to be about Frankenstein? Like, why? I do not understand. Who was asking for this? Somebody I mean, was. Somebody, somebody, somebody was, was looking for something like this and is like, is, is so excited right now. You know there is. Well, you know his name. His name is Larry. This is Larry. This has Larry written <laughs> all over Larry. it. It's, it was his son this time. Be like, I'm on a Frankenstein TV show. All, all right, kitten. He still calls his he calls his son kitten too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he calls all his children. He's like, what kitten. genre do you want it to be in? I want a police procedural. Oh, that's know that word. That's oddly specific. TV shows don't always do well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if if you can think of a good one, let me know. But I just remember the the Dracula TV show that was on NBC. That Ooh, it was a guilty that. pleasure of mine. I knew it wasn't good, but I ate that show up. But again, had one <laughs> of my least favorite tropes with making Mina Murray slash Harker the resurrection of Dracula's dead wife because of course it did. <laughs> you have Sleepy Hollow, which technically that's a police procedural because yeah. they made Ichabod Crane like a detective. Mm-hmm. They brought him back in the modern day. And I've heard good things about that show, but it just never, it never picked up in popularity. Well, that's like, um, well, Lucifer did. Or at least enough, at least it had enough of a fan base to get resurrected on, on Netflix. But again, it's a police procedural. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do we need this? Why? We Here's the answer. We don't. We'll give it a yeah. season. We'll let it. We'll let it. We'll let it ride for a season. We'll give it three episodes before they're nailing it back in its coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Pun fully intended. Oh goodness. Well, Stephen, what about you? Are you gonna Are you gonna be watching Detective Frankenstein? No, 
Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Mm. I don't. I don't get it. I think. I think that's Larry's signature is to do stuff that we just don't get. <laughs> but but his kids want it. His I kids mean, really want it, though, Stephen. I guess so. <laughs> really bizarre combinations. Now, look, bizarre combinations can work. You know, that would be amazing if this turned out to be, like, the greatest TV show ever made. I just doubt mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Frankenstein meets police procedural. First of all, what? And second of all, what? I... I I got nothing. Mm. I got nothing. Stop trying to be SVU, okay? There's only one SVU. <laughs> Just let it be SVU. Let it be. Oh, wait, I, I, don't, I can't sing too much. We, might we, don't sing. The <laughs> we don't have the rights. <laughs> I meant let it be. Let it go. No, darn it. That's even worse. You tried. You tried. You tried, Stephen. Do not get the mouse to sue us, okay? Ha <laughs> ha! I heard that! I own your ass! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! no! Oh my goodness. We went in a really dark direction. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Guys, let's go. Let's go in a brighter direction. Let's look at net our Netflix picks. Um, audience, for those of you who don't know, um, our Netflix picks segment is uh, a couple of, you know, we'll occasionally watch, um, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something like that, Amazon Prime, um, you know, all the streaming services. And we, if we see something of note, we like to make sure that you guys hear about it. We want to make sure that you guys know, so that way when your school gets canceled because it's negative two degrees outside um you have something to watch (laughs) um guys i got a chance to uh to watch two shows um both of which i i started talking about a little bit in our facebook group page if you're not uh on our Facebook group page, you definitely need to check it out because it is awesome. We have a lot of great conversations there and a lot of movie news that we don't necessarily go over on the show. Um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt <laughs> has finally ended. I'm sad. I am too. It was such a it was such a good show. It was clever, and I like that in the end they doubled down on just like calling everybody out as far as um you know it's like a big middle finger to any any you know neck beard or man child um you know or you know these 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 people who you know you know we're letting them know like time's up you know um and saying hashtag me too that that is the that is the slogan for this last season and I thought they did it very well. There was a couple of moments that were a little heavy handed um, that mm-hmm. that I was like, I was like, I feel like I feel like you guys could have done this a little bit better and not like made it such a slap in the face to make me like really think about it. You know what I mean? 
or rather really make the people that you're you're targeting make them really think about it um yeah. but overall i thought that this was a great conclusion um to the kimmy schmidt story um everything gets wrapped up in a neat little bow um there's even like a f- oh, there, oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i actually think it was kind of a sudden ending i like like something like it was good mm-hmm. and i do think that a lot of things did get wrapped up but then a lot of it was like i i don't know i feel incomplete like mm. it was just like oh okay we're gonna end it this this we're gonna end it i'm like oh that was sudden i i was kind of i was kind of shocked when i when we um when it did get to the end and I, there was like no further episode. I thought there was going to be almost like um, how I met your mother where, you know, we're leading, yeah. we're leading up to the wedding. Um, but we, we get to see like what happens after the wedding as well. You know, like we got to know, spoiler alert, we got to know that Barney and Robin um did end up getting a divorce you know they gave us those two episodes of here's what happened after the wedding that leads to ted um marrying the mother um and i was kind of expecting the same thing from unbreakable kimmy schmidt didn't quite get it but and i and i agree with you lindley it it did feel a bit abrupt but um Mm -hmm. but overall a nice nice little send-off to old to the kimster Oh, the Kimster. Yeah. I did like the, they, they kind of, they have an alternate universe episode. I loved that one. That was, that was pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh. The Cats episode was also one of my personal favorites this season. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, but being, be, knowing that area, it kind of pissed me off though. Oh really? Because number one, you put... There's a certain big Broadway actor mm-hmm. in the the Cats. Yes. And I'm like, first of all, don't do that to him. Second of all, that was fil- the outside. Mm-hmm. That was where the Phantom of the Opera is. And it's very clear that that's the Majestic Theater. I was like, no, no, no. Cats was over on 52nd. Mm-hmm. Get it right. This is the Majestic. This is where Phantom lives. Oh my gosh. Calm get down, your, you purist. Get your l- l- less superior Andrew Lloyd Webber show out of my theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, but on top of uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, I have been keeping up with uh, Deadly Class. Um, I posted the first episode on the Facebook page. I'm sorry, on the Facebook group, because um, they released the first episode back in December. Um, do you guys know this this show by any chance? I've seen advertisements mm-hmm. for it. Uh, Stephen, did you kind see? Kind of like a battle royale kind of thing. It's not quite. Um, I, yeah, I'm not. I have not. It's not quite it. battle royale. Think Harry Potter, but for assassins. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. So it's this kid who is clearly like like clearly kind of disturbed um who's homeless and he is found by this group who are basically like we've been watching you like we see potential in you you're going to now come to our school um to learn the deadly arts you're we're going to teach you how to be an assassin and so he has nowhere else to go 
So he goes to this boarding school where they teach people how to be assassins. And every, like, there's, like, several cliques within this school. Like, there's, like, you, you find out, like, everybody's descended from, like, or everyone's, like, the child of, like, you know, drug dealers or the cartels or, like, um, white supremacists or, like, you know, you know, there's, like, um, there's a guy that's uh, uh, the son of, like, um, the leader of the Crips. Um, it's a lot. It's, like, a lot of, like, man, these are, like scary people like i would never ever want to stay there um even though there there is a rule that says like you can't kill another student they've also said they're like it happens like don't don't get it twisted um and it is uh it's it's interesting it's kind of reminds you of um the magicians um where it is this this concept of, you know, because a lot of people we've grown up with Harry Potter. So to now see like a different take on the, you know, kind of like the Harry Potter story where kid like orphan goes to school and then learns like all these new abilities per se. Um, and even though it's grounded more so in reality, um, or at least, you know, he's not using magic. It still has that feel of like, I'm in I'm kind of intrigued like what what type of things do you study what what do you do in these uh uh in these different classes um so I've I've greatly enjoyed it um I watched season it's on season uh, sorry not season uh episode 3 now um and like I said I've I'm I'm kind of hooked I need to go back and watch episode 2 cuz I missed that one um but I highly recommend audience that you check out Deadly Class. Um, the first episode does it does grab your attention. It really does, um, and then I feel like it keeps you. Hmm. Much like this next uh, movie, everybody's been talking about it. Trevor Noah, you know, he was on he was on his show, and he said watch both the Netflix documentary and the uh hulu documentary i you probably just heard it that was my ps4 um telling me that it's disconnecting my my controller but i am hooked to this documentary it is fire the greatest party that never happened i have not finished it but then i found out lindley you finished it i did finish it the netflix version i haven't gotten around to the hulu version Mm -hmm. yet um and I don't, I'm not one that typically goes for documentaries often. Mm. I'll watch a couple occasionally. Uh, but this one I was really intrigued by. Because I remember when all that stuff was being posted on social media. I think Philip DeFranco, um, he, he's a news YouTuber, if you don't know who he is. He covered it. So I wanted to see more information about it. And just how ridiculous ridiculous this entire situation is mm-hmm. is fascinating and you think th- this is what i appreciate about this documentary is that you think it's just going to be like oh haha rich people they're so dumb they're like oh they got what they deserved uh for like just being rich and dumb <laughs> right but that's not the case at all you find out about this pretty despicable human being who's just cheating people out of their money. And then you're seeing the people who worked at this festival 
and who worked on the island whose businesses were affected by this and that whose you know livelihood was destroyed hmm. there was a restaurant in the festival like on the island and said that because of it they had to take everything out of their savings just to survive oh my gosh and it it's really eye-opening yeah yeah about how you know people's journey for you know the high life they don't know like who else it's affecting Mm mm-hmm so yeah, I really recommend it. Even if you're not a documentary fan, watch it because just the story is, it is fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. they do it really well. Netflix normally kills it when it comes to uh, documentaries. I've seen a few of their, I've seen a few other ones before. Um, and it, and I'm like you, Lonely, I'm, I'm not a big documentary guy. Um, but I will, I'll watch one and, and I don't know if you, this is like you, Steven, I'll start to watch one and then I'm like, oh crap, I just watched the whole documentary, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, so I think, you know, Bravo on Netflix's part for that. Um, but fire, man, that, that is it. And and I, and I remember hearing about it, but Jesus Webb, that is a mess of, of a thing. And I, and I'm saying that right now. And like I said, I'm only on 23 minutes and I know, I know I'm like, it's, it's all going to go downhill. Like, I can't believe these people, you know, got duped by this a-hole essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, well guys, I need a, I need a break after that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> audience, we are going to uh, let you all hear uh, a little word. Um, Take a little break from us, and then when we come back, we are going to start our road to our main event for the evening. Uh, We're going to come back and talk about the Dark Universe being rebooted. Stay tuned. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Where can you get hot takes about ghosts, cryptids, farts, and cats? I don't know. Where? On our podcast, Spoop Hour. Oh, that's right. Each week, we talk about the things that spook us out, and we laugh through our fear. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour, and you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or really anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Feel free to also drop us a line at spoophour at gmail.com. We want to hear about your ghosts. Thanks. So, the Dark Universe is coming back. Jeez, why won't it die? Like, why won't it just die? It's, it is. It's like, it's like, though, it's like the monsters that they are trying to, to make something happen with. Um, they just won't die. Um, I keep asking myself that question. The Dark Universe so coming back by Blumhouse, which, Stephen, how do how am I supposed to remember it? Blumhouse rhymes with dumb. Yes. House. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Snaps for Stephen. I just. I, okay, guys, let's 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 unpack this for a second. Right. The Dark Universe. They tried. Well, they've tried twice. Yep. They've this tried. is their third yep. attempt. Yes. They're um, working with Universal with this, but that doesn't make it any better. I just cannot 
um, fully comprehend why they're doing this, why they can't just let it die. I'm sure, I'm sure that they have other franchises. I mean, I mean, hell, um, Hobbs and Shaw, that trailer just came out to a lot of fanfare. That's a you that's a cinematic universe for them right there. I know Lindley doesn't care for the Fast and Furious uh universe, but you know what? But I'm they, happy for you. I, I I because you like it. Hey, I'm I will be there. Okay. My liege lord the rock, he's in it. And yeah, it's gonna be ridiculous. And yeah, they're gonna talk about family probably, but it's gonna be okay because the rock is just going to punch people in the face and it's going to make me happy. But dark universe. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to talk about something brighter like anything but this, anything but this. <laughs> we can't. We got we have to dig back into our dark universe which um Lindley, Lindley, you you straight up uh convinced both myself and Steven not to see um uh, 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 the mummy. You're welcome. Well, we didn't see it, but you, um, you know, it's like, can this be saved? I guess that's my first question. Can this no. be saved? Mm. Uh, hmm, let me see. How do I put this? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Trying to be positive. Okay. So there have been, I'm, uh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? Hmm. I'm going to do something shocking. That's going to shock everybody, including you guys. I'm going to say something good about Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. So they have had some fairly decent movies. Technically, Get Out was produced by Blumhouse. Yes. So was Split. Mm-hmm. And I even like the first Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. But then you have things like all of the Purge movies, all of the other Paranormal Activity movies, uh, the Green Inferno, Unfriended, Truth or Dare, have just... Their formula is, you know, get it out cheap, get it out fast, it'll make a profit. Mm-hmm. That's that has been their philosophy since Paranormal Activity, with a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. That is not what needs to happen to the Dark Universe. Yeah, I mean, getting it out cheap and fast is not going to improve anything. Mm-hmm. This whole thing either needs to be revamped again because they said this is going to be the Invisible Man with Johnny Depp. Mm, which already is going to put a bad, you know, taste yeah. in people's mouth. Yeah. Like I said, they're they're picking it up with Blumhouse hmm. to continue it on. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Johnny I th- Johnny Depp's time in Hollywood is sl- it's it's ending. Mm-hmm. The age of Johnny Depp is going away. Mm-hmm. You, if you want this to succeed, you need to find another star vehicle. You need to find another person to play the Invisible Man. Unless we would just want to have a blank screen the entire time and then not see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might work. And I think a lot of people would prefer that. <laughs> it's just... The, and this whole thing doesn't even need to be a cinematic universe. 
There is no need for it. No. And if there is, you've already ruined it with the mummy, so you might as well start all over again. Do what you did with Dracula Untold and be like, oh, no, 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 this isn't uh, the start of a cinematic universe. We know we put the title card in front of the movie, you know, very prematurely, but this, no, no. this isn't the beginning. (laughs) This is the, we're going to start with everyone's favorite, the invisible. Oh, man. Oh, Claude Rains is rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> but, you know, see, this is a, this is the second time that they have started over, mm-hmm. too. And I'm looking at the budget for The Mummy, the 2017 one. It made $410 million, according to Wikipedia, the most reliable source on 400 Earth. 400 of that probably went to Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't the whopping, you know, mega hit they were hoping for, but it still made a decent amount of money against its budget. It has to make at least double the budget, which it looks like it more or less did, but it didn't make that much more than that. Um, Because half goes to the theaters, half goes to back to the studio, and that's not counting all the, like, contracts that say they get, like, a tenth of the grosses or whatever. But anyways... Um, I, I, I just feel like as long as they think they can milk this, uh, this franchise that shouldn't be, they're going to keep trying. And when people go to go see this and, uh, the invisible man makes, you know, $700 million worldwide, even if it's garbage, they'll keep doing it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Have I mentioned how I hate it? I... What are your thoughts, Lindley? Uh, I'm going to go back to what <laughs> I said kidding. from the beginning. Make If you're going to do a dark universe, don't make it connect, but make it an anthology series. Right, exactly. Like, exactly. have this have nothing to do with that stupid mummy movie or prodigium or anything like that. Or if you're half going to have it be prodigium, make it like little a little Easter egg, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of black mirror it. With like little things that connect, but they yeah, it's not one storyline. Can I just say one thing that would make me personally more excited is if they dropped the whole dark universe from the title. But Stephen, they've already made the title card. There's no going back now. Yeah, we got to commit. We we got to commit to the title card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of universes. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, a cinematic universe, when done properly, can be very fun. You know, it can be very fun to look at. You know, I, I mean, I, hell, I'm, I'm currently writing stuff, and with the intention of having it connect to other books, it can be very fun creatively. But I'm not doing it for profit. I'm doing it because I'm like, man, this story idea that I have, like, here's how I connect it here. And here's how I connect, connect it here. Um, and you're not uh, being lazy about it like they are. Right. Like, I'm taking... Like, how lazy? How lazy do you have to be to not realize that your vehicle for prodigium mm-hmm. should be Van Helsing? And right. And not stupid doctor. Oh, I'm getting... Mm, no. Mm, I'm mm-hmm. getting really angry. I but, get really angry but you know what? Mind. But you know what, Lindley? That you that is that is a perfect example of lazy writing. 
you know, mm-hmm. they, they, cause you could have gone that route and that's yep. a very easy connection to make that would con- then connect you to several of your monsters if you wanted to, and it would make sense. But this is not about telling a proper story. This is not like honoring these famous movie monsters. This is about money. This is about trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that Marvel has done. Um, and again, and we, we said on the show before, when you try, when you're trying to compete with Marvel, you are going to fail every time. Look, I mean, we're going to talk in a little bit about DC and what they're doing. DC is currently like rebooting because they're like, because I think they have realized, you know what? We were dumb. Why are we trying to compete? Why don't we just tell our own stories? You know, we, you know, we laugh about the Fast and Furious franchise, but guys, that is a cinematic universe. That is a universe. It has a story. It has an interconnected story um, that spans over the course of a couple of movies. They've brought characters back. They've taken characters away. They've killed off characters. Things matter from one movie to a next. Um, It is a cinematic universe. But is it the same scale as Marvel? No. But it doesn't have to be. I think a cinematic universe can be done well, but you have to commit to the story and just and you you have to have a sense of identity. And to me, you know how you make this franchise even better. I love the I love the idea that Prodigium is made by Van Helsing. I never thought about that. That's really cool. But also, take these things out of the modern world. Mm-hmm. Because again, I think I said it like you know a long time ago. If if we're in today's time, I'm not afraid of where of the werewolf. I'm not afraid of Dracula. Okay, we have guns now. We have nukes. All right, <laughs> like I'm not afraid. Like oh, I'm gonna lock my door. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go to my five star hotel. Okay, I'm gonna go to Fire Island with Ja Rule with Ja. <laughs> all right that's scary going to fire island that's scary you know what's not scary uh the Wolfman um today because especially in today's time are you kidding me with so much technology none of these monsters are going to be secret um secretive but if you have this ancient order you know in victorian london or even in like you know turn of the century america um you know where the technology is not the best. There are stakes. People can die if you make the right, or if you make the wrong decision. That is scary. That's what made those movies scary in the first place. That's there's a reason why the Brendan Fraser mummy is cool and interesting because it feels like an Indiana Jones movie. It's set in a different time period where those people have to use their wits and their skills in order to survive. Mike dropped. <laughs> you hear that, Universal and Dumbhouse? I say we just, I, I've honestly thought about this, guys. And audience, let us know in the comments um, or even on Facebook. I'll put a poll up. I have thought about uh, making a segment, guys, where we pitch cinematic universes because i feel like we together between the three of us we just made a kick-ass dark universe okay yeah we did all right but just between the three of us for no money all right just for the love of characters 
Um, but let us know, audience, what you think um, about this dark universe. I, it's kind of like the DC universe. I want to see it succeed. Like I, I'd, I'd like to watch these movies, but Lindley, Lindley screens them first, and now I'm just like, is it worth? Is it worth my twelve bucks? Nope. <laughs> it's not or if you're in new york it's more like 15 or 17 did uh correct me if i'm wrong didn't um didn't the mummy win franchise killer yeah it won franchise killer last year ah uh, at the our... butter bowl oh bringing it back around <laughs> yeah <laughs> bringing it around town um yes yeah i quoted spongebob um at our last Butter Bowl, in our inaugural Butter Bowl, um, The Mummy. <laughs> Franchise killer. Um, if that, that tells you something, because a lot of people voted for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But guys, it's that time again. It's, it's, like, it's like an AA meeting for, for DC. Audience... We, this, this segment is so popular, we were convinced to even have a segment of this, a live show segment of this, um, at a brewery, Adventure Brewing, um, in Fredericksburg, Virginia. This segment is called, Go Home, DC, You're Drunk. It's main event time. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. Go home, DC. You're drunk. Got Patron in my car. I got that goose in my cup. Patron rolling up. And the sea got me drunk. Party people in the club. Hey, throw them bottles up. So, guys, uh, before we get into before we get into the the nittiest of gritties, uh, question: Did you guys see the Birds of Prey? Uh, teaser slash uh first photos i did yes what were you guys initial thoughts i you guys know me i'm a huge batman fan yeah i'm i'm going to give my opinion but i want to hear you know from you guys in particular what did you guys think of those first shots eh. hmm i for me it was like oh there's there's Harley. She's got a new outfit, and mm. is that Ian McGregor? Other than that, I was like, oh, those, those are people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephen, what about you? That was it. I I just I have nothing. I have no thoughts whatsoever mm-hmm. on it. Does not look interesting at all. I. I'm actually I'm actually very interested. I'm not gonna lie. Um, less so about Harley Quinn, although I I love Margot Robbie's interpretation of the character. Um, 
I think that she, I think she understands it. I think she understands the character and I'm hoping that the writing is, is much stronger. Um, the birds of prey themselves, that's what I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see Huntress. I'm excited to see Black Canary and I'm excited to see Cassandra Kane. Um, these are three characters that, you know, in, in reading recent incarnations of Batman, um, less so Black Canary, but more so Huntress and Cassandra Kane. Um, I really want to see, I really want to see these two um, get on the big screen because they, they have, to me, they have the potential to make a Bat Family movie and to drive a Bat Family movie. Um, and I think that if done well, number one, the, that could make these characters very popular in the comics, hopefully. Yeah. Um, especially Cassandra Kane, who are you guys familiar with her by any chance? Not really. So she plays. She's this character. She's she's new to the Bat Family. Well, relatively new. Um, her name is currently her name is Orphan. Um, and she was a former Bat Girl, and then she's since become Orphan. She is the daughter of an assassin, who basically like. She when whenever she looks at a person, she sees every way to every possible way to kill them. And it scares her to the point that she like like she was never taught to even like form complete sentences. She she just like she's mute and she wants she wants to be a normal kid, but she's also got this thing where like you know she's like talking to batman and he's like looking at her and he's talking to her and he's like i know what you're looking at he's like i know what you're seeing right now and she kind of like looks at him cur- curiously and then it shows it from her perspective and she's looking at and like it forms like all these thought bubbles like i can hit him in the temple here and it'll kill him i can hit him in the jugular there and it'll kill him i can i can uh you know oh, jam wow. my finger yeah like she sees That's all hard. of that yes um, she is a you know, incredibly interesting character. Um, Huntress, uh, obviously will not be the daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle in this one. Um, but she's also an interesting character. Uh, I'd love, I, I, I'm interested to see what happens, um, with, uh, Black Canary and Renee Montoya. Um, Victor Zaz, interesting choice. I think he'll be cool, but I I don't see him as like a a long term threat, and of course you McGregor as Black Mask. That's gonna be good. I feel I'm like all that, for that. I'm excited. We're finally getting Black Mask. Yeah, yeah. I and 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 I think it's you know with with them with us finally getting Black Mask. I love the idea of us seeing some like, you know, Marvel calls them like street level villains, but to Batman these are. These are super villains. They're not street level. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they don't have powers, but Black Mask is a formidable foe to him. And in a in a Gotham that in according to the in according to the, the synopsis, which will lead us to our next topic, our next part of it, um, Batman is not in Gotham anymore. Where did he go? We don't know. Crime is running. <laughs> crime is running rampant in in Gotham Where is City. He? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, personally, personally, I would have loved. I I'm hoping that this um, 
I'm hoping that Birds of Prey, well, it won't, but I was hoping that Birds of Prey would maybe lead into like a Bat Family movie. Mm-hmm. And then that would lead into the Batman. Ooh. You know what I that mean? That would be interesting, yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. To like have all of his protégés basically be like, we're getting our asses kicked right now, Bruce. Can you please get up and help? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, no. I just want to be dark and brooding on my on my gargoyle. <laughs> Um, but we will, we will certainly see, we'll keep track of, of, uh, you know, Birds of Prey and the ridiculously long title that it has, um, you know, or rather Harley Quinn and Friends. <laughs> I'm really hoping it doesn't become Harley Quinn and Friends, because like I said, I'm, I'm all, the most important person to me in this movie is Cassandra Kane, who I guess, I think Cassandra's like the focus of it, like Harley's trying to protect Cassandra. Okay. So hopefully we see some badass ninja fighting skills from Orphan. Um, But it is interesting because Batman is gone. And as Steven said, where'd he go? (laughs) Well, we just got word. um, Was it yesterday? I think it was. Yes, I think so. Uh, It is official. Um, Batfleck is now out of the Batman. Um, it got announced that the Batman was coming out um, in 2021, I think it is. Yep. Um, 2021. And it will be without Ben Affleck. It will have a new actor that will take up the mantle. Um, there have been lots of rumors spreading around that DC is doing a lot of reboots um, well, not a lot of reboots, but a lot of like, rest- excuse me, restructuring of the company, um, and that going forward they will not continue the Snyderverse um, that Zack Snyder uh, started off with Man of Steel. First question, guys: um, Is this a smart decision to take out Ben Affleck? I'm going to start there. Um, I'm going to say it honestly depends on the story because weren't they for a long time saying this was going to be like a, like a more detective oriented Batman. They are still, and, they're still saying it is. Well, by that def, well, okay. So could it not also be set earlier? Like when he's younger. It could. But at the same time, you still have to answer the question of where Batman is right now in Gotham. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're going to go, if you're going to go the route of, like if you're going to, if you're not going to completely reboot this cinematic universe, if you're just doing like, subtle shifts to change the direction just a little bit to kind of course correct. Um, I don't think you need to go back to a year one Batman. Okay. You know, but I mean, I, I think, I think though, Steven, I think we might see elements of it. If Gotham is getting as bad as, as what might be portrayed in birds of prey, you know, cause that yeah. it sounds to me like 
with with Black Mask moving in, it's it's about to be um, you know the bad old days with the mob. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we could see like elements yeah. of a year one Batman without him actually being, you know, fresh into Gotham. Okay, well, because because the next thing I was going to say is is that if it is taking place in, uh, I guess whatever, if they're just outright recasting mm-hmm. him, um, then I would say it's a dumb move mm-hmm. because honestly, uh, y'all remember that in preparation for our live show, I had to watch all the DC <laughs> movies in order, and oh man, I pretty much nearly lost my sanity doing that. That was torture, y'all. That was torture. I'm still recovering. It's been over a year. I'm still recovering. <laughs> and it's been, okay, it's been almost a year. Um, and, um, yeah, and honestly, of all my problems and complaints with Batman v Superman, uh, Ben Affleck himself was not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um the casting, I mean, he, he was fine. It was the script surrounding him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the 10 movies trying to act as one movie mm-hmm. surrounding him. Uh, that was my problem. And so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll find someone who's good, but I don't, I, I, I think they need to work on having a good script, honestly, for it to work. I agree. Lindley, what about you? What do you think about this decision to remove Ben Affleck? I agree with Stephen when, like, Ben Affleck was never the problem. It was the writing, first and foremost. But you could tell in Justice League that he was done. Yes. So if, if he's done, then yes, bring someone new in. Even if they do get better writers, it's clear in his mind he he's done with the character. He's done with DC, mm-hmm. and so if he's done, I don't want a mediocre Batman. Even if we do somehow get good material, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so bring someone in fresh in. But more importantly, bring new writers, bring a new team for this new Batman. Well, again, I think Matt Reeves is the best is the best choice for this movie. Um, like I said, I don't, again, if you, if you, on especially audience, if you haven't seen the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, it's, oh, they're so good. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, and I mean, you know, in part of that is, of course, Andy Serkis' performance. Um, but that's also Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also his storytelling and knowing how to tell a compelling story where, especially in, in War for the Planet of the Apes, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of action really in that movie. There's a lot of but there's a lot of tense moments, um, and I feel that um, that is something that you need for a great Batman movie. You okay. need you need that tension. You need that. You need the detective. Bruce is not always fighting people in Gotham. No, there's he's so, the world's best detective. Right. Right. And that's and that's what I think Zack Snyder failed to realize in Batman vs Superman was that especially with someone like Ben Affleck who to me showed a great like he can definitely handle that with his performance from Gone Girl I'm like this is a guy that 
you know, you can have him be like very like solid and kind of brooding and and figuring things out little by little as the detective. And we are still interested. I don't think I think that DC I don't think DC at the time, I don't think they trusted enough. They don't, I don't think they trust the audience enough to not be like disengaged from a Batman who just focuses on the mystery. Mm-hmm. When that's not the case, that's not the character, you know. And Ben Affleck, you know, for I'm trying to think besides um, besides the cartoon version, um, and to me, Michael Keaton. Ben Affleck was probably the closest that we ever got to like a really really solid Batman. Yeah. Um Michael Keaton I think definitely was very close. Um but I thought that he did I thought Ben Affleck did much better than uh Christian Bale. Christian had mm-hmm. Christian knew how to play Batman. He knew how to play Bruce Wayne the wounded orphan. Yeah. He didn't know how to be Batman. He didn't know how to be Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy, and I feel like that's because you know, Christopher Nolan probably had his own things about comic book movies. That's yeah. my theory. But still. My next question, question two. Um, so who do we get to play the new Batman? fantasy casting you can have you anybody they say they want someone famous they don't want a no name which again i don't feel i don't think that has anything to do with it i think you just you find who can play the part yeah but if you have to go more famous or maybe not maybe you guys are gonna pick somebody that's less, less famous or not so famous uh, boo. <laughs> boo. that was terrible not so famous podcast coming next week um <laughs> that was awful stop that um mitchell's now mitch now i can hear mitchell groaning on the other on the other side <laughs> um who do you cast as your batman I I have a thought, but I want to hear from you guys first. You know, I've got two thoughts on this, honestly. The first thought is for me to just say nobody, because I really feel like I'm just so sick and tired of these. I want to see the character be retired for a while so that they can get other stuff out and they can build up to Batman coming back. Because it's like, I can't miss you if you never leave. You know, that's really how I feel about it. But that's what they're doing. Um, We just got Batman in Justice League. Yeah, I know, but that's, but that's, they're, they're essentially rebooting it. They're giving us that. They're going to give us these movies first before, but, before we but see But two that. years isn't enough. I'm talking about like eight years, ten years. Oh, you can't. I, I really want to He's a, a national that. icon, Steven. You, that's like writing Spider-Man off. For like years and years. They're not going to do it. I know. But that's what they should do. Because I'm just. I'm done. I don't. I can't. It's like I said. I really can't miss you if you don't leave. 
Um, but that said, like you said, they're not going to do that uh, because that wouldn't make any financial sense for them. Um, so I have an idea. I kind of want to see Donald Glover play this part. Donald? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Be something different. Because I think it'd be different. Different's not always good. It might be fun. Would it, though? Yeah, I think it could. <laughs> I could see him playing uh, Dick Grayson. He'd be a badass Nightwing. Really? Kind of like that, like, because he'd have, like, he'd be kind of like a smart ass a little bit. But then, like, he's, especially in Atlanta, he's got the acting chops to really be that kid of, like, I hate you, Bruce, for holding me back. I can, I can see him playing Bruce Wayne, but I don't know about but Batman. Batman. Huh. I have to marry yeah. I feel like in the middle of the night, I'll be like, yeah, oh, he would be a good Batman, <laughs> but I feel I I still feel like he I feel like he could be in the Bat family, most definitely. But I would I would honestly do, personally I would do Nightwing, like a post post Robin, mm-hmm. Dick Grayson, real jaded. <laughs> you know, real jaded and mad at the world. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Lily, what about you? Who you who are you casting? <laughs> Is there really? Is there really? Oh. Just feels like Okay. There is a reason behind okay. my casting. I promise you. <laughs> there is a there and I've and I oh. have evidence to back it up. I have evidence and other sources to back up my my theory. So this has nothing to do with my current obsession. Okay. But I really do think Sam Hewen could make a good Batman. And here's why. I have a couple reasons. He has mm. the, he has the Bruce Wayne look to him, but he's shown where he can actually like pull punches as an action star. He's technically played Batman before, before he got famous in the UK and Scotland. He was Batman in that Batman live touring stunt show. He was Batman in that. So he's played Batman before. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, there's a Just Jared poll going around right now as to who should play Batman. Currently, Sam Hewen is in second place. And according to Sam Hewen's Instagram that I'm looking at right now, he's posting about it too. Because USA Today mentioned him as a possibility. And he's been posting the article saying he should be Batman. So I'm all for Sam Hewen playing Batman. Who's number one on that list? Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Let me see who that is. Jensen Ackles. Jensen Oh, that guy? Ah, uh, if now yeah. if we went with Steven's uh original year one Batman story, yes. He he looked yeah. hey, whoa, he's forty years old. He looks good. Is he? 
Damn. <laughs> Probably because he's been playing the same role for wow. how many years? In 40 years old. That's impressive. Good for him. Right, <laughs> good on him. So yeah, Sam Hewen is Batman. He He's all uh-huh. for it. He's played the part before. Let's give it to him. I have been saying this for years. That this guy should have been playing Batman in this new incarnation. And I think maybe this is this is the time that you put him in there. He's not a he's not a huge star, but he is somebody who I think has the potential to lead a Batman franchise for many years. Um Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah. Ooh, oh, For those okay. of you who don't know, Carl Urban, he was it. in Star Trek. He plays uh, Leonard McCoy. He was in uh, he was in the Riddick trill. He was in the Riddick movies. He was in Lord of the Rings. Um, but here's where here's where he convinced me. He was Judge Dredd in that movie Dredd, and he was intimidating. He was a badass. He barely spoke, and you never saw his face. You only saw you only saw like from like his basically from his nose down. That's it. You never saw his eyes, and yet he was such a compelling character. Dread is like a cult classic. Um, after I watched that, I looked at my dad and I was like, he should play Batman. And my dad was like, yeah, he should play Batman. And me and my dad never agree on anything, right? But we, we both were like, simultaneously, like, he should play Batman. That guy's awesome. Um, in Star <laughs> Trek, we know that he has a sense of comedy. So if they want to go more of the comedic route with their films, we know that he can provide that. We know that he can be dark and menacing because of dread. He might be able to get the holy trinity of Batman, which is... Batman the Wounded Orphan, Batman the Billionaire, uh, sorry, Bruce Wayne the Wounded Orphan, Bruce Wayne uh, the Billionaire Playboy, and of course, the Batman himself. Because you have to play all three characters differently. Because that is, that's, that's the point. (laughs) Um, Now, will any of these people probably play Batman? Sam Hewen, I think, has the best shot. After looking at him, I, I was like, you know too. what? I could see him being in that franchise. I think he would look good up against um, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Question. How how do you explain the Answer. age difference? Or do you age up Sam Hewen? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing it this entire season of Outlander, so... Sure, oh, why not? He's used to it. Yeah, in this season, he has like a 20-something-year-old daughter. Oh. Where they've, they've, they've aged him up while still keeping mm-hmm. him very, you know, handsome-looking in a really bad wig. <laughs> Lindley, calm I'm, yourself, please. I'm sorry, oh, I'm my gosh. still on his Instagram right now. <laughs> Lindley, Lindley, log off. Log off right now. 
Oh my gosh. There's a I'm look sorry, I'm now I'm looking at his I'm looking at his pictures now too. There's a picture. Are you of on his Instagram him. too? <laughs> there's a No, I'm on uh, I'm on uh-huh. Google. I Googled him. Um there's a pic there's a picture of him though yeah. with dark hair. And he I mean, again, he just he has this look of I could be like he could be Bruce Wayne. Um a younger version of him that maybe Maybe he gets kidnapped, and maybe th- maybe we go with this storyline, right? We take a page out of uh, Batman Begins. He gets kidnapped by the Ooh. League of Shadows, and because there was a time, there was at 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 one point in Batman's career, um, Ra's al Ghul, Raj al Ghul wanted to make Bruce like basically mm-hmm. his successor. And was like, you're going to marry my daughter, and she is going to be your right hand, and you're going to have produce an heir, and that heir shall also, you know, when you die, he will then take my, he will then take my place as well. Um, this would be a great way to do a callback to the Batman Begins, throw him in the Lazarus Pit to become younger. We can have scenes from Year One Batman. We can introduce Damien. Ooh, interesting. We you can do a lot, and it can all be centered around and and get this. Stephen wants Donald Glover. Donald Glover plays Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson's on a hunt to find Bruce wait, Wayne. Wait, Marcus, does this mean you're on the Sam Hewen train too? I think I am. Yeah, I can see it. I am. Yes! I am. I'm on board with yes. this. Yes. I am on board I'm with on this decision. The human as the, train. <laughs> as the number one Batman fan in the Battle of the Cowl, I'd give it to him. Yes, I would oh, give it to him. I think so he could do. It. I I need. Me so happy. And this is and this is solely on looks alone because I'm like <laughs> I'm trusting you on acting wise, hey, but on I'll looks alone you, I'm like he looks he looks like Bruce Wayne. I'll send you one of the action scenes from the Spy Who Dumped Me, mm-hmm. and you can like see like yeah. Okay. Sam Hewen for Batman. Let's let's make this happen. Marcus the- is on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Steven, say you're on board. Okay, I'm on board. Yes! <laughs> yes! Steven still wants the character to be retired for a year. Yeah, he really does, but, and you know. And then be played by Sam Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> then like, if he's being played by Sam Hewitt, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, not until I am able to be his Vicky Vale. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Lindley, go. calm down, please. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, oh, my gosh. Audience, we have had a stellar time talking with you all. Please let us know who your Batman picks are. Um, let us know. Sam Hewen. I, we're, look, listen. <laughs> Sam Hewen is officially endorsed by Popcorn Prattle. We're going to put that out in the... We need to start putting this out in the universe. We're going to start yes. the campaign right here on Popcorn Prattle. Um, maybe Sam Hewen can, like... As like a as a gesture of good faith, he can host our uh, butter bowls in the next episode. Sure, I'll you know we'll get right on that. Lindley, we all know you've already slid into his DMs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>
Marcus, I'm a lady. I oh, I'm so- never. I'm sorry. My, my, my I mean, apologies. I thought about it, but no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Y'all, we are laughing. We are having a good time. But unfortunately, guys, it is Friday as of, as of this recording. And um, we got to go. It's so cold out. I need to turn my, my heat back on. But we don't want to stop talking with you guys. Um, if you would like to talk to us in general, um, you can always find us on um, on our Facebook page. You can also find us on our Facebook group, uh, where, again, we are going to be talking about all this. I'm probably going to post, um, you know, talking about, speaking the praises of Sam Hewen to the masses. Dave, hey, Dave, uh, will hey, probably Dave. disagree. Um, he's probably already getting ready to text me. Um, that he disagrees, but it's fine. We'll, we'll show him the light. Um, and you can also hit us up on Popcorn Prattle on our Twitter page. I'm um, sorry, on our Twitter handle at Popcorn, P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. Find us on Instagram, YouTube. But if you want to talk to us personally, Stephen, where can the folks at home find you? Folks at home, you can either follow me on Twitter at Bailey's Workshop or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Bailey's Film Workshop. Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can find me mostly on Instagram. I'm at Little Lottie. That's L-O-T-T-I-E. You know, you should go follow me. You know, we talk, we, we talk about Sam Hewen. Let's, <laughs> let's make it happen. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and of course, audience... You can always find me on my own Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can hear me in a couple of different places. Uh, You can hear me on Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. Um, We pushed off the show for another week because we kind of got off schedule, but next week we're back on track, so be sure to listen to us there. Uh, I have to get to bed because I am getting ready to... Uh, record our third podcast of Shenanigans Incorporated called Roll Initiative um, with Sam Fulton. We are going to be playing some D&D. I have no idea how to play. Hopefully I don't make an ass out of myself, but we all know how that goes. Um, and it of happens course, more often than not. It, ha- it happens more often than I'd like it to. Not going to lie. Yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll own up to that. <laughs> but you know where I'm not making an ass out of myself? Uh, old Continuum Force, the audio drama that I'm a part of. Go check it out. Um, that one's that one's just a personal favorite of mine. Um, but that's all the places. Whew. That's a lot. It just gets longer and longer. Oh, an audience, I can't, I can't forget. Oh, my gosh. There is still time to vote for your picks in the Butter Bowl. Do it. The uh, the link will be put in our description box. It's on Facebook. We're going to do another, we're going to do a couple of massive pushes um, leading up to awards weekend um, where we will also be live tweeting the Oscars every year. I play a, a drinking game with several other film talk podcasts. We have a lot of fun. Um, we meet a lot of uh, potential guests there. So check us out. Let us know um, what you guys think. <gasps> Guys, I think that is everything. So, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us, 
to all of you. We wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Making choices. Making a Sam Hewitt choice. Blumhouse rhymes with dumbhouse. <laughs>